Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the last sane human alive. We're um, this is a USC talk podcast. I encourage everybody to hit me up, email me, hop on the podcast with me, and let's discuss some stuff from a fan's point of view. Our analysts are all there to promote the fighters, you know, and that's cool. But a lot of times you don't get the real, you know what I'm saying? You get the promotion side. Like, for example, when Donald Cerrone fought uh, Conor McGregor, the promotion, if you didn't watch MMA, if you wasn't a fan of MMA, you would think that Donald Cerrone is this this killer at welterweight division. That Conor's going to be against a killer at welterweight. But if you're like me and you watch the UFC and you watch this stuff, you know Donald Cerrone signed on as a lightweight fighter. Donald Cerrone has had the majority of his success at lightweight. You know, so him fighting Conor, and then we all know Donald Cerrone is a journeyman. Nate Diaz beat him. A few other people beat him. You know, he doesn't do good in big fights. For the for the hardcore fans, we know this. We had no interest in seeing Conor fight Cowboy, you know. But if you didn't know this through the promotion, you would think Cowboy was a killer, you know. You would think, you know, but... And I love Cowboy, don't get me wrong. There's no disrespect to Cowboy, but promotion, you know. So, on this podcast, we're just going to talk the real, you know. And um, So, let me just start by talking about... What I like about fighters, the fighters I like, fighters I don't like, and you know, just give you a feel for what kind of person I am when it comes to UFC and MMA. So, uh, let's start it off with the flyweight division. Figueroa, or you know, the guy, Davison Figueroa, whatever. I can't say his name right, but he just beat Joseph Benavidez for the uh, flyweight title. Dominating performance. <clears throat> he beat him the first time, but it was controversial. You know, he didn't make the weight, the headbutt, so on and so forth. <clears throat> My bad, 420 friendly. But so, Joseph Benavidez got dominated. It was horrible to watch. I love Joseph. I think he's a really good guy. It was really bad to watch him get beat like that. But uh, Figueroa did his thing, you know. Now, the flyweight division, in my opinion, is not so interesting. You know, it's not a lot of uh, it's not a lot of fighters. You know, that are like big name fighters in the flyweight division. I would like to see uh, Brandon Marino get a title shot next. That would be nice. And um, I like to see Kai Care France get fast tracked up there and see what he can do. Cause I like him too. He's a pretty good fighter too. You know. <coughs> So I like him too. So I like to see him get fast tracked up there. But I don't know. Right now, I feel like Brandon Marino is the guy to fight for the belt. Uh, Joe Benavidez, he doesn't want to retire on that kind of performance. I feel him. Bet you give Joe uh, Pantoja, whatever. I can't pronounce his name neither, but Alexandra or Alexander, whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> they should give uh, Joe him. I think that would be a good fight. I don't have a lot to say about the flyweight division because it doesn't really excite me. Uh, DJ was a champ for a long time, a long time. They robbed him of his title because DJ is a boring champion. Okay? He wins fights, but he's not so exciting, right? And he's not so vocal with saying stupid stuff or so on and so forth. So they let uh, 
fights. If you watch the fight, Cejudo lost that fight. There's no debate in my mind, okay? But I gave him the fight. And by the way, Cejudo has to be the luckiest son of a bitch there is, you know, because <clears throat> when he fought Dillashaw, I'm sorry, you may disagree. Hit me up and let's talk about it. Rewatch that fight. Slow it down when he's hitting, swinging on Dillashaw. He's not even hitting him. Most of those punches are not even landing. And as soon as the fight is stopped, Dillashaw immediately protests the stoppage because he was still there. You see what I'm saying? He was still there. If he was not there, he couldn't have protested almost instantly, you know? So, so who do I look on that? He goes up, then, you know, TJ tests positive. Oh, I hate that. I love TJ Dillashaw, so I hate that he tests positive, you know? And and um, then Cejudo goes up the fight for the uh, Bantamweight title. Now, this is the only fight for Cejudo that really made me say good job, Cejudo, because the way he changed the game plan and came back out in that next round was epic. You know what I'm saying? That will go down in history. That was a really good fight. But then, instead of fighting true competition, he fights Dominic Cruz, somebody who hasn't fought in almost four years, somebody who is not known for knocking people out. I mean, he's not known for finishing people. Dominic Cruz is known for footwork. And I'm sorry, I think there is a big difference between being elusive and just running around the cage the whole fight. Elusiveness is more like Anderson Silva with the head movement, where he's not running, he's planting his feet, and he's elusive. You can't hit him. Elusiveness is... Uh, Israel Adesanya, you know, he's not as elusive as, as Anderson, but he is elusive as well, you know, as far as head movement and moving. Dominic Cruz has good head movement, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he does it. What I'm saying is he runs, okay? <laughs> he spends the fight running and hitting you while he's back bagging up. He runs the whole fight. There has been numerous fighters, especially when he was in WEC, who would not take a fight with Dominic Cruz because he was a runner. And these are their words. Other fighters call him a runner. So if you feel like, oh, you call him a runner, you're not a fighter. You're right. But other fighters call him a runner because he's a runner, you know. And then you choose the runner to fight. You don't finish him either. He also immediately protests and then you retire. And then since you retire, you've just been calling out fucking the, the featherweight champ, which we know you wouldn't call out if it wasn't Volkanovski. Volkanovski is just short, you know. So, I have no desire to see him Cejudo fight ever again. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. Everybody feel like they're the best of all time. Winning the title doesn't mean anything to me because the title changes hands all the time. Defending your title means more to me than winning two or three belts and not defending any of them. You know, anybody can defend once. Anybody can win the belt. It all depends on where UFC places you and puts you in that position or not, you know? But anybody can win the belt. Anybody can do that. What makes what's impressive to me is winning the belt and then dominating the division. You know what I'm saying? Continue to win. Continue to defend, you know? So Hudo never did that. And he never even fought. Like a Bantamweight. If you would have fought Peter Yan in one, respect. Jose Aldo in one, respect. You know? Aljamain Sterling, respect. Corey Sanhagen, respect. You know what I'm saying? He didn't fight any of the top guys. He fought a guy who hadn't fought in four years. You know, it just, I don't know, it's shameful. It's shameful for him to have done that. It's shameful. Because Dominic Cruz isn't, well, Dominic Cruz is in the ranking or whatever, but he's like way down there. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that he hadn't fought in almost four years until he fought, you know, for the belt 
is amazing, he's even still in the rankings. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy how you can get ranked, not fight, and stay and keep your spot. While other people around you fight and win, you know? That's crazy, you know? But, uh, and then Peter Young beating Jose Aldo for the Bantamweight division was a great fight. I called Peter, uh, Peter Young to win in second round KO. He won, I'm not mistaken, fourth round KO. It was a good fight. It was either fourth or fifth, but it, it was a good fight. Good fight, man. Both of them showed a lot of heart. Both of them got after it. You know what I'm saying? You knew it was going to be a good stand-up battle. They stood up the whole time and banged it out, man. It was a good, good fight. Peter Yan is a good fighter. He, he is an experienced striker. I would love to see him against uh, Aljamain Sterling. <coughs> Cody Garber ain't going down to 125 for a title shot. It's bullshit to me. He lost twice to, D- to, to TJ Dillashaw. He lost to uh, Pedro Munez after that. And then comes back for this flash knockout. And now he's moving down to get a title shot over all the guys in that division who's been fighting. That's crazy. And he's not even on a crazy win streak. And it's crazy how even Jose Aldo got a title shot. I love Jose. We all love Jose, you know. He's an animal. Been an animal since the WEC days, you know. He's an animal. But what about the guys in the division who've been fighting and been winning? You know what I'm saying? <coughs> it's crazy he gets the title shot in front of all of them, you know. I just know how I feel about that. I think Aljamain Sterling uh, win over Corey Sanhagen was very impressive. It was a quick win and a quick submission over a very talented fighter. That is very, very impressive, you know. Most people don't enjoy the grappling part of MMA. I love the grappling part of MMA. If you know what's going on, if you know how hard these guys are working, and you understand grappling, whether you are a wrestler, whether you do jiu-jitsu, whether you're just, you know, an avid fan of the sport, just understand it, you know. Grappling can be very exciting, and... Watching Alderman Sterling work and go that and do what he did that fast was very impressive. He's on a win streak. He should be the one fighting for the title next. There shouldn't be any debate to it. The problem with the UFC is, is it, it doesn't matter about your skill because the UFC is going to market the, their skill to you anyway. So if it's an average guy, you know, if they tell you he's the best in the world and market it like that, that's what you're going to going to think about him, you know. So your skill doesn't really matter, you know. It's all about their popularity and if you can sell. I guess Aljamain Sterling just isn't popular enough. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. And I, and I, and also, I want to see Pedro Munoz fight. You know what I'm saying? I would like to see. I would like to see Pedro Munoz fight. Can't wait for John Dotson to get back in there. I used to be a really big fan of John Dotson when he was first on the Ultimate Fighter. He's kind of fell off since then, you know. But I thought he was going to take the UFC by storm. I really did. Um, I think Sean O'Malley is going to take the UFC by storm. Sean O'Malley is going to take. The uh, Bantamweight division by Storm. I think he's going to be the one to knock out Peter Young. I think he is. I don't see anybody in the rankings above Sean Miley who I think can stand with him. I don't think Cody can stand with Sean with, with Sean O'Malley. But what, but what we need to see is Sean O'Malley against a good wrestler. He says, "Ah, everybody just doubt me. Cause I haven't fought a good wrestler yet, and this isn't that." And they're saying, "Wait till you run into a good grappler." Sean O'Malley, I'm sorry, but we are right. We need to see you get a good grappler because a big part in the, of the fight game, especially in the UFC, is grappling. 
you had some favorable matchups recently as far as fighting people who want to strike and who don't want to grapple. You know, you had some favorable matchups recently. But I would like to see how he performs against a grappler. Because a grappler is not going to stand right there in front of you and let you punch them in the face. They're going to press you against that cage. They're going to grind on you, you know. So I just want to see if you can get this grappler off of you and continue to, you know, impose your will, you know, impose your game plan, make, make them fight your game adverse to being forced to fight his game. Because grapplers are known, <laughs> they're known for taking strikers down and holding them down the whole fight, you know what I'm saying? They're known for, we watch it all the time. You know, we just watched it, a five round snooze fest with, uh, Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal where the striker and the grappler and the grappler just held on to the striker the whole fight and didn't let him punch him. You know? Rule of fighting. You can't hit me. You can't beat me. You know? So... <coughs> but I'd like to see Sean O'Malley against a good grappler. I think that's going to tell us, you know, how he's going to do the rest of his career in this division because I, I just don't see if I just don't see anybody who can stand with Sean Malley in this division maybe Peter Young you know what I'm saying maybe Peter Young maybe Marlon uh, Moraes whatever you know I would like to see that fight you know but everybody else I think he puts down and because he's so long in the way he is I wouldn't and then he has to know you see these new age fighters he, if you guys remember back in the day Grapplers and strikers, it was always it, it was more of a style versus style type thing, you know. If you had a guy in there who was a striker, his grappling was not good. So, you know, when 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 it gets a grappler, he didn't really have good takedown defense and a lot of time the grappler would take him down, you know. And we saw that a lot in the in earlier UFC. We saw John Jones dominate with his grappling in the earlier UFC. You have not seen John Jones dominate with his grappling in his past four fights. Ask yourself why, because now everybody has takedown defense. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows the crawl to the cage. Now they use the cage to stand up. When before they would drag you to the cage and elbow you and you know ground and pound you on up up against the cage. You know that was the, the thing to do before, and then they started using the cage to stand up. You know, like a third leg. So you know the grappling has changed since then, and I and I just don't see Sean O'Malley not being prepared for a grappler. You know, I feel like if a grappler, if, if he has a match against a good grappler, I feel like his training camp is going to be focused around grappling, and I feel like he's going to be prepared. And he's a tall, long guy, man. He, you know, he's, he's tall for the division. He's skinny. He's long. You know, he probably sprawls very well or whatever, and he probably has good takedown defense. If he does, and he can keep the other guy off of him, and then he throws knees too when he gets into that clinch. So, you know, he, he'll he make you pay for trying to grab a hold of him, you know, so... I don't know. I don't know. I definitely see uh, Sean O'Malley um, being a problem for the man on weight division. You know, um, featherweight division. Ooh, two controversial wins for the champ, man. I feel bad for uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, man. The first controversial win, I think Alexander won that fight. I think it was clear. I didn't. I, I didn't have Max winning that fight. And, you know, we all love Max Holloway, but I didn't have him winning that first fight. Alexander completely outclassed him in that fight. Like, I, like Max didn't have an answer for those leg kicks. Like, they were brutal, you know. And I guess on Cam, they may not look so brutal, but if you could, like, 
if, if you watch the fight, you can see the bruising on Max's leg. The fact that he keeps switching his stance. And Max is a switch stance fighter, but he wasn't switching back after that leg got brutalized. And you, and you can see how his striking wasn't as fluid when he would switch his stance. You know what I'm saying? So, man, it was a bad fight for Max. Alexander wanted to come back and prove to everybody that he beat Max and do it uh, definitely this time. You know, to where they couldn't say, you know, hey, it was controversial. Bad thing about that, it was even more controversial than the first time. Because this time, I have Max winning that fight, you know? People say, when it comes down to the third round, I don't know. I feel like Max won that third, you know? (laughs) I feel like Max won the third. And then when people say... Max clearly lost the fifth. I don't see him clearly losing the fifth. And I don't see that, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I feel like Max won that fight. The problem is, we can't do another rematch. The featherweight division has to move on. Max has to go fight somebody else. You know, so of course it'll be a a, a five-round fight. It'll be a main event fight, of course. But... You know, who does Max fight? You feel me? I say Max should fight Zabit. Now, the last time Zabit was offered a, a five-round fight, he turned it down. If I'm not mistaken, it was against Kelvin Qatar. And he turned it down. And he asked for a three-round fight. And where he gassed in the third round, okay? He was gassed in the third. If it was a five-round fight, Zabit was getting finished. I don't think Zabit has cardio. And I don't think Zabit can go five rounds after watching that fight. I don't think he's going to be able to train for it because that fight was five rounds. He had notice he had time to train for the five-rounder, and he opted out of it. So it was like the first main event in a long time that hadn't been five rounds. No, it wasn't five rounds, you know. So if him and Max go to a main event, I see, see them going five rounds, and I see Max beating him in those five rounds. His volume, his energy is too high for Zabit. I don't see Zabit being a champion. I don't see him beating If they give Zabit the title shot next, I don't see him beating Volkanovski. I honestly don't see anybody in the featherweight division who would give Volkanovski a true run at it, except for, I don't know, maybe Kelvin Guitar, maybe Yair, but Volkanovski is short, but long arms, and these guys, and then he's, he did a great job with uh, Max, even in the second fight, as far as controlling the distance, you know, so, uh, I don't see Jeremy Stevens getting a title shot, you know what I'm saying, Arnold Allen, I don't see him getting a title shot, uh, the Korean Zombie, I don't see him getting a title shot, you know, what I see them doing for the featherweight division is building up another star, they're going to probably end up letting uh, Alexander defend for a while. Probably try to find him a big money fight. You know what I'm saying? Somebody with a name he can defend, just to defend against. So it probably won't even be anybody in the featherweight division that's like ranked now. It'll probably be like a legend from lightweight moving down or like a legend from bantamweight going up. Something like that. You know what I'm saying? It probably won't be anybody ranked. You know, because I just don't see anybody ranked that, you know, could really even, first off, they even really deserve the title shot. Second off, that can even fuck with 
Alexander Volkanovsky anyway, you know. Alexander's probably gonna be there for a while. Max will probably end up they'll probably end up working Max and give him a few fights and then put him back up for the title shot. Or they're gonna end up building a new name in the uh, featherweight division. They always say the featherweight division is the most dangerous it's ever been. The lightweight division is the most dangerous it's ever been. The welterweight division is the most dangerous, and they do that for every division. The featherweight division is absolutely not the most dangerous it's ever been. I'm sorry, it's not. The featherweight division is, my opinion, on ice right now. You know what I'm saying? Max has already beat everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, Volkanovski. He, I don't see him losing anytime soon. There's no like true competitors underneath him. Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, lightweight division. You know what happened with Habib's father, so we don't even know if Habib's gonna fight again. You know. Um, condolences to to Habib and his family, but we don't even know if he's gonna fight again. Um, hopefully he does fight again and continue to fight. You know, and hopefully we do get to see him against Justin Gaethje. Hopefully we do. With that fight, I see Habib winning. I know Justin has power, but Habib is not going to stand and strike with him. Habib is good with getting in and getting those takedowns. We know what Habib's game plan is. I don't see Justin knocking out Habib. I'm sorry. I don't see... Now, Justin has good wrestling, too. But how is Justin going to do against somebody like Habib? Habib is a really, really strong wrestler. We're talking about, what, 27, 28 fights? He does the same thing every fight. Everybody knows what he's going to do, and no one has been able to stop it yet. I love Dustin Poirier, but he broke Dustin. Dustin went back to his corner and said, I just can't get him off me. Right then, he was broke. (laughs) Right then, he was broke. You know, Habib is a force. So, and I and I have bet against Habib in the past. I won't do it again. <laughs> I have bet against Habib more than once in the past. I won't do it again. I think Habib is not going to lose. The, and if he fights, I, I don't think he loses to Justin or whatnot. And um, I I think I see after him beating Justin, if the Tony Ferguson fight doesn't happen. If the Conor McGregor fight doesn't happen again, I see Habib retiring. There's no one else in the lightweight division for him to beat that would help his his legacy, you know? If he beats Dan Hooker, that means nothing. If he beats Charles Oliveira, it means nothing. Paul Felder, it means nothing. Kevin Lee, I like when he already beat, I like Winter. You know? So, um, <clears throat> he already beat, I like Quinta or whatever. Tony Ferguson... I would like to see him and Tony Ferguson fight, but we know it's cursed. You know, this is why the COVID is here, y'all. The COVID came to specifically stop Tony Ferguson and Habib, you know? (laughs) So, that fight is cursed. So, you know, there's that. So, I just don't see anybody, like, unless he can get a big name, like, if GSP comes out of retirement and fights Habib, I see him sticking around for a fight like that. Or like a big name, you know what I'm saying? It would have to be a big name, a legend, something that furthers his legacy. There's no one else besides Tony Ferguson that would further his legacy. I see him maybe fighting Conor, Conor again, just because for him it's an easy fight and it's a big payday. I don't see Conor beating him ever. Conor is not the same as the old Conor. I just don't see Conor beating him. 
just don't think it's going to happen, you know. So, I see Habib dominating the lightweight division for a while. The lightweight division is pretty dangerous, though. I like Dan Hooker. I thought he definitely lost to Paul Felder the same way he lost to uh, Dustin Poirier. The fight kind of went the same way. And I called that. I called Dustin beating him because uh, Dan Hooker seems not to have much of a gas tank, you know. And you're never going to make it to that championship fight if you don't have a gas tank. You know, they put him in two five-rounders, and he gassed in both of them. I think Paul Felder beat him. And I like Dan Hooker a lot. When I play UFC 3, I use Dan Hooker in the lightweight division, you know. I like Dan Hooker a lot. I thought he lost to Paul Felder. I thought Paul Felder got robbed. But as he deserved, because he robbed, who was it? Uh, who did he fight? Marlon Moraes or something? I forgot who he fought. But whoever he fought, he robbed them before. And not him personally. The judges robbed the other guy. And then he comes in this fight and he gets robbed. And then Dan Hooker goes against Dustin. And then Dustin punishes him. I feel bad for Dan Hooker. Because when he was calling out Dustin, and Dustin was like, no, he was chasing Connor. I was like, ah, oh, come on, Dustin. Fight Dan, man. Dan will give you a run for your money. And Dustin did his thing. It was a good fight, though. It was a good five-round fight. And Dustin did his thing or whatever. But... I see Habib dominating the lightweight division for a while. You know, uh, Kamar Usman, horrible fight against Jorge. This dude was stomping feet. He stumped Jorge's feet more than he punched Jorge with his fist. You know what I'm saying? He stumped Jorge's feet more than he elbowed him or he, than he kneed him more than he punched him with his fist all combined. You know, that mess was crazy. And, you know, for Jorge, this whole he had six days notice, for the casual fans, they believe this. For your hardcore fans, we know better. We saw footage of you training with that All-American wrestler. We saw that. Why would you have an All-American wrestler at your gym if you're not training for Kamaru Usman? We saw that, bro. Don't don't try to kid us. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to kid us. Jorge needs to fight Leon next. Jorge is running from Leon. That little three-piece in the soda means nothing to me. You understand? If I was, <clears throat> if Jorge was talking shit to me and he had his hands down and then I punched him three times real fast and he tried to punch me back, but then everybody grabbed us, I could have given Jorge a three piece in a soda. If everybody grabbed us, no debate. That's what happened. Jorge punched them, punched Leon, everybody grabbed them. Leon wasn't given the opportunity to respond to the punch. So it's not as if Jorge, Jorge just punked Leon. First off, Leon shouldn't have walked up on him talking shit. <laughs> he shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. Not with your hands down. You shouldn't have talked shit like that. You should have been prepared. But he got pieced up. Leon will smash Jorge in a fight. You know, for all you guys... For all you casual fans, and for some of you uh, hardcore fans that just love Jorge, let's talk about it. Jorge came back and beat Darren Till. Darren Till is no longer in the lightweight, I mean the uh, welterweight rankings. He was actually out of the welterweight rankings before Jorge's next fight because he moved up. We all know Darren Till was killing himself to make 170. We all know that. You saw that in the Tyron fight. You saw that in the Jorge fight. You saw that in the weigh-in where he could barely stand up. <clears throat> so, not to take away from the win, but, uh, you know, dehydration is a real thing. So, there's that. But we'll give Jorge that win, okay? 
and then he fights Ben Askren. Ben Askren was not in the rankings because of his body of work in the UFC. Ben Askren was in the rankings because of his name. That's all. Ben Askren hadn't fought in years. He came back to the UFC. We all saw Ben Askren. He was in there with a dad bod, you know, at welterweight. And we saw the Robbie Lawler fight. If you saw that fight, Robbie was not out. So Ben Askren winning that fight is extremely controversial because he was getting his ass smashed. You understand me? It was a horrible fight for Ben. Me and my wife was in here scared for Ben. We thought Ben was going to die. And then he grabbed the little bulldog choke and just, you know, Robbie wasn't out. As soon as he let go of the choke, Robbie immediately popped up. So I hate decisions like that because Ben didn't didn't win that fight. And then he goes on to fight Jorge, okay? I'm on the fence about the flying knee. It was great. Don't get me wrong. It was awesome. I was out of my seat, dropped my beer. It was like, oh, shit. That was crazy, okay? But he beat Ben, who has, in my opinion, arguably lost his first fight and now has lost his second fight, went on to lose his third fight to Damian Maia, somebody who was not a striker, and Ben's striking was absolutely horrendous in that fight. If you watched the fight, it was hard to watch. It was, like, really cringe, like, what the fuck? It was a horrible fight to watch. And then Ben gets choked out, you know? And then he retired. So, arguably, Ben went 0-3 in the UFC. Why are we celebrating Master Law for beating him? Oh, because Ben was great in another organization? That clearly didn't have the same level of talent as the UFC? Oh, that's why we're praising Hoy for beating him. Okay, beating somebody who was 0-3. And then he beats Nate Diaz, a lightweight fighter who is not a true welterweight, okay? Not only that, Nate Diaz is cool as they come, but he loses all the time, okay? He loses all the time. So when you beat somebody who loses all the time, yeah, you both are cool guys, but I'm not so impressed when you beat somebody who has 10-plus losses on their record. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people has beaten him. What does that mean? You know? Who you need to be is a Kobe Covington, a Leon Edwards, a Tyron Woodley. And I say Tyron Woodley, but that's bad to say because he's been on a horrible... He's lost the last 10 rounds. Let's just put it like that. He hasn't won a round in two years. You know? But just if you ever get a chance, go look at the welterweight rankings and ask yourself, in these rankings, who has... Jorge fought and beat absolutely nobody in the top 10, unless you count Nate Diaz, who doesn't even really fight. So I'm, I'm confused at why he's even in the welterweight rankings in the top 10, because he hasn't fought any of the, like, the welterweights either, but whatever. The only top 10 Jorge has fought is Steven Thompson, he lost, and Damian Maya, he lost. The only two he's fought, he's lost, and he's ranked above both of them. Not have not, uh, and he hasn't beaten anybody else in the top ten. But he's ranked above all of them, and the, and the only two in the top ten he has fought, he's lost. So he's not in the rankings because of his body of work in the UFC. He's in the ranking because he's po- he's popular, he's easy to market. He comes from the street fighting era, you know, and you know that's that's something that's easy to market, especially nowadays, you know. So. But I would like to see Jorge against the Leon Edwards. I think Leon will smash Jorge. I think Leon deserves the next title shot. But given the Gilbert Burns, and I understand to a certain extent, but I think Leon, it's crazy because Gilbert Burns just got to the, the division, went on a three-fight win streak. Leon is on an eight-fight win streak and has been in the division. And he's been whooping ass. His last loss was to the champ. 
You know, <laughs> that was his last loss. So, you know, he's been on an eight-fight win streak. So I just don't understand why guys like that don't get the title shot. You know, uh, I get Kobe Covington getting the title shot. Whether you like Kobe or not, Kobe's a good fighter. Kobe's a smart fighter, whether you like Kobe or not, you know. And he put on a, a, a hell of a fight for the title. Kobe is going to smash Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley has been overrated for a very long time. You understand? You can say, what do you mean? He knocked out Robbie Lawler. He did. He did knock out Robbie. I don't think that fight would go the same way today. <laughs> okay? I just don't think that fight would go the same way today. I don't see him knocking out Robbie today. So, I see Kobe smashing Tyron. Tyron's talking all this shit about how he's going to squash Cockroach Covington. And I'm thinking in my head, you told us how you were going to punish Kamaru Usman and show us the difference between the Division One and Division Two wrestler. And then that Division Two wrestler controlled you and dominated you for five rounds. And then you told us what you were going to do to Gilbert Burns because, you know, you're going to show people how you bounce back and whatnot. And then Gilbert dominated you for five rounds. So when you're telling me you're going to smash Cockroach Kobe Covington, I tend to lean towards Covington. I think Covington is going to, the way Covington fought Robbie was beautiful. You know, say what you want to say, but Robbie was banged up after that fight. The way Kobe fought Robbie was beautiful. The way, and Robbie's a powerful striker. And yeah, Tyron's a powerful striker too, but Tyron just backs up against the fence and tries to land that one big shot. Tyron didn't throw combos. He just tries to land that one big shot. The problem is now is that everybody knows this. So you just stay out the way of it. That's all Kobe really has to do is just stay out the way of that one big shot he's going to try to throw. Tyron also doesn't have a gas tank. He tires, you know, and then when he gets tired, then he really start winding up trying to throw that one big shot to end the fight real fast. So I see Kobe and Kobe does not tire. Kobe does not tire. Kobe Covington is an animal. You know, he does not tire. Him and Kamara Usman's fight was excellent. He did not tire. So I don't see Tyron putting out the same output that Kamara put out. You know, I see Tyron tiring. I see him getting dominated again. And this may be the last time we see Tyron Woodley. <laughs> this may be the last time we see him. Because there's really nobody else for him to fight but maybe Jorge. But... Or maybe Leon or something. You know, maybe he comes back and fights Leon or something. You know, but... He's he, I, after Kobe beats him, I see him done for. I don't see Jorge Masvidal beating anybody else in the welterweight division unless they give him somebody, you know, who's like not even really like ranked anymore. Like you know, they may give him like an Anthony Pettis or something like a name that he can beat. You know what I mean? Something like that. I see uh, Usman beating Gilbert Burns and maybe hopefully hopefully fighting Leon Edwards next. I see Usman beating Gilbert Burns. Gilbert is awesome, but I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's up for the Usman. Usman is really good at just controlling the fights, you know, controlling his fights. He does that very well. So I don't see um, him beating Usman. I don't see Leon beating Usman. I see Kobe Covington getting the title shot again. I see Kobe beating Usman. Or if not, if not Kobe, I see Kobe getting the title shot again. I, and I see Kobe being the champ. You know. Hey, Kobe, if you want to hate Kobe, that's what he wants you to do. You know what I'm saying? It's not that deep. Trust me. It's all an act. You know, it's what it is. Uh, moving on to the middleweight division. Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa is official. 
Oh, man, this is going to be awesome. I cannot wait for this fight. I am actually more excited to see this fight than I am to see Stipe versus uh, DC, you know, the trilogy. I'm more excited for this fight. Um, Izzy's last fight was extremely boring. But if you go back, oh, man, please do. I hope you have ESPN Plus, you have Fight Pass, YouTube, whatever. Go back and watch your L versus Paulo Costa. Watch your L versus Robert Whitaker, one and two. Watch your L's fights. When they were trying to say stuff about your L coming out and just standing there, look how he started off the fight with, with Robert Whitaker, the second one. He came out and just stood there the same way. This is how Yoel has always fought. This is not any different from how, how he's always fought. Yoel stands there, he lets you come and hit him, and then he explodes on you. This is all his fights. Joe Rogan always says it in the beginning of the fight because he's not much, doing much, you know? Izzy just stood there too. Let's not act like Izzy didn't just stand there. And this whole thing that he has you fooled when he says, you know, he's supposed to, I'm the champ. He wants the belt. He's supposed to come get it. If you think otherwise, you're a casual. Ah, shut up. Shut up. That casual bullshit is not going to work with me. You are the champ. Your job is to go out there and show us why you are the champ. <laughs> not to go out there and stand and say, well, I'm not going to fight unless he fights me. You know, and then the most aggression we've seen that whole fight was the last round when they were screaming in each other's faces. Literally, the round, the fight was not over, okay? And they were screaming in each other's faces instead of punching each other. That was the closest they had been the entire fight. It was horrible. Both of them were to blame for that fight, not just Yoel, you know. Izzy, and if you remember, if you watched the fight, if you didn't go back and look at it, Izzy, I want to say it was the second round. Izzy tried to engage. Yoel exploded on him and touched him up one time. Izzy didn't engage the rest of the fight. He stayed on the outside and leg kicked the score points. This is what he did. So Izzy didn't want to get hit by Romero. He talked all that shit about how he was going to show us how Yoel isn't this and that. I don't know. Paulo Costa, Izzy wants you to believe. If you think he's going to beat him just because of big muscles, you're a casual. Big muscles mean nothing. No, Israel, you are a casual. It's not because his big muscles. It's his forward pressure. It's his output. It's in the third round against Joel. He was still throwing bombs. He was still throwing bombs in his third round, still coming forward. After taking shots straight on the chin from Joel Romero. He was still coming for it. I don't know, Izzy. Paulo Costa is going to be a real test. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum was a test for Izzy. Izzy showed something in that fifth round, you know. So, Izzy has not, you know, uh, and Kelvin Gastelum is a heavy striker, too. He may not have the physique as Paulo Costa, but Kelvin Gastelum is a heavy striker. I love Kelvin. I've also been following him since his uh, Ultimate Fighter debut, you know. So, uh Kelvin Gaslam is, is an animal, and the way Izzy fought him was beautiful. He took some shots, you know, so we'll see. But the thing that worries me the most for um, Izzy is the body shots because Izzy has, has fought headhunters, you know. Paul's not a headhunter. When you cover that head, he rips to the body. When you rip to the body, he, he rips to the head, like... He is such a good fighter, and he's so, so, so dominant, you know. He's been far more dominant in his fights. Like, for all those who saw the Johnny Hendricks fight and thought, oh, he shouldn't have been fighting Johnny. Johnny Hendricks is a threat. You understand me? He's still a threat today to anybody else. He made Johnny Hendricks 
look like a rookie. You know, he made Uriah Hall look like a rookie. And Uriah Hall is a threat as well. He is a good striker, you know. Made Uriah Hall look like a rookie, you know. So, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like Izzy has gotten favorable matchups so far. You know, and this is one of the, and this is one of the one one of the ones that is not favorable for him. That's why it's such a good fight. Outside of uh Paulo Costa, no real comp in the middleweight division. You know? And once you think the middleweight division is so dangerous, I think the welterweight division is pretty dangerous. Middleweight division, not so much. Paulo Costa, I think he's gonna beat Izzy and be the champ for a long, long time. Uh, Derek Conier, I, uh, I don't see him beating him. Robert Whitaker would not beat Paulo Costa. Yo, El Romero already lost to him, will lose again. I don't, I don't see Darren Till beating Paulo Costa. Darren Till's good and all, but I see him beating um, who is Darren Till? Fight? Oh, Robert Whitaker. I see him beating Robert Whitaker today. That fight happens today. I see Darren Till knocking him out. Uh, Jack Hermanson not going to beat Paulo Costa, and then from there on out. There's nobody who's going to beat Paulo Costa in this division. Once Paulo Costa gets to the title, they're going to have to bring a legend back. They're going to have to maybe try to fast track somebody up there, you know, find a new up and comer who can get him a fight. No one's going to be able to, to rock with him. I don't see Izzy beating him, but I didn't see Kelvin Gastelum losing to Israel either. So there's that, you know what I'm saying? But there's not much going on in the middleweight division light heavyweight division so you know john jones is still light heavyweight king and we don't even know john jones is going to fight anymore he's been doing this bs with francis nugano i knew he was not going to fight francis nugano john jones doesn't stand a chance against francis nugano okay francis is a freak and john jones last like three or four fights have not been as impressive if you go back and watch john jones versus like shogun Rua, oh man crazy spinning elbows like all kinds of unorthodox stuff he was a wild man in there john jones just walks for it now throws a jab out maybe a one two teep kicks side kicks to the leg and that's john jones now <laughs> that's who john jones is now you know one two jab teep kicks side kicks to the leg you know and it makes for i hate to say it, it makes for a pretty boring fight you know uh, and, and i and i hate to call fights boring uh, Dominic Reyes, though, did not beat John Jones. I'm sorry, you guys. He did not beat John Jones. Dominic Reyes did great the first two rounds. But a lot of those flurries, go back and watch the fights. Y'all have to go back and watch them because you guys are missing it. You see a flurry and you think he's piecing them up. He didn't hit John Jones a lot of those flurries. You know, he was just swinging. You know, but I give it to Dominic, but he gassed himself out. John Jones took over the third. The third round was the start of the takeover. The fourth and fifth were the takeover. John Jones beat him, clear to me. You know, I, I get people wanted to be controversial because people don't like John Jones, and I get that. But John Jones won that fight, clear to me. Dominic Reyes did his thing. Dominic Reyes may be a champion one day, but not why John Jones has the belt. You know, uh, Tiago Santos did good against John Jones, ripped his knees apart, though, the first round. So there's that. I don't see Jan Blachowicz beating John Jones. Corey Anderson was on his way. I see Corey giving John Jones the best fight, and then he lost to Jan, and it was like, oh, it was devastating, too. It was a devastating knockout. You know, I felt real bad for Corey because if he would have won that fight, he could have been next in line. But Jan wins that fight. Jan, Jan d- doesn't have a big enough fan base. 
for the title shot. So I just don't see Young getting the title shot next. Maybe uh, uh, Glover, Texas Rogue gets the title shot next, you know. But I don't see Young getting it. I see either Glover getting it or it's that new guy, man. Um, he just knocked out Vulcan uh, Uzdemir. I forget his name. I see him being being pretty dangerous. You know, I see him being pretty dangerous. Uh, Johnny Walker, I don't see Johnny Walker doing much of anything. He's a really big guy, but he, Corey Anderson knocked him out, so there's that, you know. And Johnny Walker hasn't really had any, like, high-level comp yet either, you know. He's a big guy. He's big for the division, too. You know, this this, this weight cutting is starting to get out of hand, y'all. <laughs> I mean, we got guys going in for a 170-pound fight weighing almost 200 pounds, you know. So, but... I forget the guy's name. He just fought to in a recent event. It was his first fight in the UFC. They said they had offered him a chance to fight in the UFC before, but he wasn't ready, so he he turned it down, which was a really a really smart thing because then he was able to gain experience. And he was he was fun to watch, and I mean he's very skilled fighter. He's a big guy and he's a wild man. So uh, I see him maybe being dangerous, but then we would have to wait for him climb through the rankings to get to John Jones. And I don't know how much longer John Jones is going to stay around the light heavyweight division because outside of Dominic Reyes, there's not really much of a challenge there left for him outside of Dominic Reyes and Corey Anderson. And Corey Anderson is not going to get the title shot, you know. He's just not popular enough, you know. It, it, popularity makes a big difference, you know what I'm saying? So I just don't see Corey Anderson because Corey Anderson was on a win streak and Anthony Smith came over, won a couple of fights, and got the title shot. You know what I'm saying? Right over Corey, you know? And um, so, I just don't see... Same thing with Tiago. Move to the light heavyweight division, gets the title shot, you know? So, I just don't see Corey getting one. And there isn't really, there isn't really anybody else in the light heavyweight division besides Dominic Reyes and the guy I just mentioned. I can't remember his name for the life. But, John Jones is pretty much going to be the light heavyweight champion for for the rest of his career until he retires. I don't see him retiring now. And the fact that he asked for, you know, and he says he he didn't give a number, but he feels like he should get paid more for that fight than he did for his last fight. We know his number for his last fight is the big number. So my thing is, why would you ask for such a large number knowing there's not going to be a crowd there? So they automatically lose everything at the gate sales. And the pay-per-view sales, the extra pay-per-view sales that they, that they sell are not going to make up for everything they would have made if they had a crowd there, you know. So asking for these crazy amounts at a time like this is insane to me. And I just feel like you don't really want to fight, you know. I feel like John Jones, I would like to see John Jones fight like he used to fight. I would love to see that. You know, people say it's because now he's not juicing or, you know, the coke and all that stuff. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? His coach said he was developing one punch power during during his suspension. We uh, one punch knockout power during his suspension. We have yet to see this one punch knockout power, you know. So there's that, you know. Um, but not a lot going on in the light heavyweight division either, you know. Dominant Reyes is cool, but I also feel like he was fast tracked, you know, because he didn't fight a lot of the the big name in his division either. He fight Vulcan, but I feel like he lost that fight. You know, I definitely feel like he lost that fight. He fought Chris Weidman, who is not even ranked in the light heavyweight. You know what I'm saying? You know, Chris Weidman is not even ranked in the middleweight division anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's because he moved up to light heavyweight and maybe he's somewhere in the light heavyweight rankings, but he's not in the top 15. <laughs> so there's that. 
you know, which is crazy, you know, but Chris Weidman's on a crazy lose streak anyway, getting knocked out left and right, so I'm not surprised going up a weight class after getting knocked out by middleweights, he gets knocked out by this giant-ass light heavyweight. I'm not surprised. If Dominic Reyes beats the Glover Tessarero, he beats the Anthony Smith, he beats the Jan, he beats Alexander Gustafsson, although he's a heavyweight now, he beats, you know, he beats people like that, I give him a little more credit, you know. But I feel like Dominic Reyes is still a good fighter. I feel like he will be a champion one day. But I feel like he needs to fight somebody else before he fights John Jones again. I feel like he does not deserve an immediate rematch. You know, I feel like that's not how it works. Especially after the way Alexander Gustafsson fought John Jones the first time. And he didn't get an immediate rematch, you know. So, there's that. Heavyweight division, I'm sad. Heavyweight division is the absolute most dangerous division in the UFC. And I'm sad because this fight right here... It's, it's the most tied up division as well. We've had the last few title fights. The Derrick Lewis fight doesn't really count. Derrick Lewis didn't really deserve a title. He just was really popular after taking the shorts off in the ring. V- uh, Vulcan um, beat him. Um, I mean, Volkov beat him that fight. Just got knocked out at the end. The last, like, fucking 20 seconds. It was horrible for Vulcan because he was dominating the fight. So, Derrick Lewis didn't really deserve a title shot. So we had DC and Stipe, DC won. He beat Derrick Lewis a few months later. Fought Stipe almost like a year later. Uh, loses to Stipe. And um, loses to Stipe. And then after losing to Stipe, he, uh, they're going for a trilogy now. And he's already said that this is going to be his last fight. I love Daniel Cormier. He's one of the best to ever do it. If he wins, he's going to retire. And then we won't have a heavyweight champ. That's going to suck, you know. If he if he loses, then Stipe doesn't fight for another year. You know, Stipe is not the champ that's in the light. You know, he has a day job. You know, everybody likes Stipe. I think he's kind of an arrogant asshole. You may say, Stipe is not arrogant. You don't, you don't know Stipe in real life, and neither do I. All I have the basis on is his post-fight uh, interviews where he's kind of an asshole to everybody, you know? When you ask him a question, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to go into my family. I don't want to go into my family. I don't care about my family. Then why the fuck are you here, bro, if you don't want to answer no questions? Like, God damn, bro, you can at least answer the questions. You're the fucking heavyweight champ. We want to know stuff. We want to ask you questions. We want to talk to you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, man. And then people take that like Stipe is so cool and he's, you know, he's a genuine guy. He's a firefighter. I don't know. Stipe is a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. I just think he's kind of arrogant sometimes the way he, you know, talks to the press, the way he doesn't want to answer questions, the way he's always just, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just getting my family. I'm just getting my family. Bro, talk to the fans, bro. What the fuck? You know, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, he doesn't really promote the fight. Like, even the fight with DC. Uh, I saw the first promo video that dropped. DC was talking on there. They had to use an old sound clip from Stipe because they didn't have anything new for him to put on there. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Most of the, the, the promo was, was DC talking. It was DC, you know? And it's like, come on, Stipe. But uh, I do see Stipe beating Daniel. Daniel says he's going to wrestle him this time. I don't see that working. Stipe's a strong guy. and He's a good wrestler. I don't see Stipe I mean, I'm losing this fight. Uh, hopefully Francis gets the title shot again. I see Francis winning, uh, winning the rematch. And then I see Francis dominate the division for a while. Nobody can beat him. Um, 
Curtis Blades, he's going to dominate. He's going to knock out Derrick Lewis if they fight again. Derrick Lewis is not a good striker. The last fight, they both were gun shy. I don't see the same thing happening in this fight. I see Derrick Lewis going to sleep if they fought again. Uh, the ring, I see him beating the shit out the ring again. I see him beating uh, Volkov, no debates. Uh, Saki is little as hell. He's going to smash him. Walt Harris is not ready for that kind of title shot. Ole and Nick, I see him beating Francis, but I don't see them making that fight. You know, I don't see them making that fight, you know. And outside of that, there's not really much of a heavyweight division that can fuck with Francis Nugano. He's pretty much beating the shit out of everybody, and the ones he having to beat the shit out of don't want to fight him. So, <laughs> but once he gets the title, they're going to have to fight him. So I see Stipe beating Cormier. I hope Cormier wins because he's going to retire afterwards. And it's going to suck to not have a heavyweight champ after he retires. But then we know we'll get another heavyweight title fight soon. We won't have to wait a year for Stipe to decide he wants to fight again. You know, we'll get another heavyweight title shot soon. And if it's Francis and he wins, he will fight as often as they let him fight. You know, so that Francis will be the most active heavyweight fighter we've ever seen. Cause, I mean, heavyweight champ we've ever seen. Because he will fight often. You know, because he doesn't take a lot of damage in his fights. Even when Stipe beat him that five-rounder fight, he didn't take a lot of damage, you know? So, I see, uh, hopefully, I see Stipe winning that fight with DC, but hopefully DC beats him, retires, and then we get another title fight six months later, you know? Hopefully shorter than six months. That'd be nice, you know? But, uh, heavyweight division doesn't, like, heavyweight division is the most dangerous division, but right now, there's nobody who can rock with Francis, you know? So, Francis is going to dominate as soon as he gets the title, it just takes so long waiting for, you know, this trilogy to go down. You know, uh, now let's talk about the women. You may have thought I had forgot about the women. Amanda Nunes, you already know, there's, like, no need to even speak on that. Amanda Nunes is pretty much the baddest woman on the planet right now. There's nobody in the band and weight division that's going to rock with her. She's beating all the top competitors. She is literally beating all the top competitors at Bantamweight. There's no one else, you know. It's so bad that they're bringing up. Uh, it's so bad that at the even at the uh, featherweight, I forget where they pulled Felicia Spencer from. Was it featherweight or Bantamweight? I want to say it was featherweight. It's getting so bad that they got Felicia Spencer coming up to fight her because there's nobody left. I love Felicia Spencer. She was not ready for that fight. It was so horrible to watch. But what do you do? She's beating everybody. She has literally beaten everybody. You know it's crazy when they're saying the only person that can even rock with her is Valentina Shevchenko. And she's beating her twice. And they're saying that's the only comp out there for her. And speaking of Valentina, she's an animal. The women's division, people who don't really watch UFC. I had a friend over my house who likes UFC, likes MMA, but he doesn't really watch it like that. He says stuff like, uh, oh, female fights are usually boring. They're mostly in like submissions or decisions. And I say, what? Where have you been? Uh, Chain Wei Lee and Joanna Youngjercek had the fight of the year till date you know what I'm saying and there's been some great fights this year they still have the fight of the year till date what are you saying you know like what are you saying these female fighters are some animals and Valentina she's an animal nobody can beat her I thought Caitlyn had a good shot but Caitlyn doesn't have any power 
you know, so I didn't see Caitlyn beating her. But I thought she had a good shot because she does have pretty good striking. I figured maybe she could outscore, but it didn't work out that well. Nobody, there's nobody in the um, women's flyweight division that's ever going to beat Valentina. She's going to be there for a long time. You know, one fighter in the flyweight division I like a lot is Roxanne Matafari. I Man, hopefully, she lost her last fight, but hopefully, you know, she gets on the path, you know, she's one of the pioneers for the female, for the, for the female fight game, you know, Chain Whaley is awesome, great fight work, Joanna Young-Jerche, like I just said, they're talking about uh, uh, Rose's last fight with Jessica was scary, the first two rounds, I thought Rose did very well, that last round, ooh, if that was a five-round fight, Rose would have lost, she would have lost in five rounds because she was going out in that fourth or fifth, you know. But she won the fight. If they give her the title shot next, I see Wayne Chaley knocking out Rose. Wayne Chaley took a lot of punishment from Joanna and was still coming forward all five rounds, you know, still banging it out. I don't see Joanna being able to take, I mean, not Joanna, but I don't see Rose being able to take the punishment that Chain Lee can put out. Especially if she couldn't take the punishment that Jessica Andras can put out. And Jessica Andras isn't isn't as advanced of a striker as Chain Whaley is. So I, I I don't see anybody in the uh women's strawweight division beating Chain Whaley except for Joanna. You know? Uh tough fight for Joanna last time. Everybody said it was controversial. I think Chain Whaley won the fight. It was a very close fight. I wouldn't have been mad if Joanna won the fight either. You know, the fight could have went either way. So, um, but uh, other good fighters in the women's straw weight. Michelle Watterson's pretty good. Carlos Esposa, Esparza is pretty good. I like both of them. I, I like Tisha Torres, too, or whatever. Um, I don't see any of these women here that's going to give Chain Whaley a, a run for it. Right now, a few of our champions are pretty dominant. Like, Chain Whaley, I feel like it's pretty dominant. You know, Amanda Nunes is not being beat. Like, the female champions are dominant as hell. Because I don't see Chain Whaley being beat. Valentina, she's proven that she's not going to be beat. So has Amanda. So the female champions are dominant as hell. The heavyweight champion, I'm not sure what's going on with him and Stipe and them. Because even if Stipe does beat Francis, I don't see him beating... Um, I don't see him beating... Um, I mean, even if Stipe does beat DC, I don't see him beating Francis a second time. John Jones is going to dominate the lightweight heavy, the light heavyweight division until he retires. Israel is going to lose, but then once Paulo Costa wins, he's going to dominate the middleweight division for a while, I see. Kamara Usman won't be around too much longer. Habib is probably going to retire, won't be around too much longer. Volkanovski dominates for a while. Peter Yan, he won't be there too long, I don't think. And there's that. So, that's how I feel about all of the USC rankings. Hopefully from here and there, you can get a feel of what kind of person I am when it comes to UFC and how I feel about the sport and how I feel about the fighters or whatever. Um, fight tonight, main event, Darren Till, Robert Whitaker. I will be tuning in. And, you know, we'll talk about the results of these fights tomorrow. <laughs> Last sane human. Alive.